Let us pray. God, help me preach. Amen. <laughs> Several of us from St. Stephen's went to a, a conference this, this week, and the preacher on Friday night, evening prayer, began his sermon that way. And so I didn't want y'all to think we didn't come back and have learned anything new. So <laughs> we learned a lot more than that. We learned a lot more than that. Um, and I also just want to acknowledge, especially those with very young children, you all get extra credit today. Well done. It gets better. It gets better. the story in Exodus, the Israelites, this is a few years removed, not, not horribly long after, but you may recall they've been in Egypt under horribly oppressive slavery. They have worked over and over. They've lost their ability to, to gather and to some extent main their, maintain their identity. Um, part of the reason that we have Sabbath is because of they're forced, um, they were working seven days a week. The whole motif of the Old Testament is about being delivered from slavery and God's faithfulness to his people. And so where we arrive in the 17th chapter of Exodus, they are grumbling. They are already going back. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? They are losing their faith. They've been delivered from this incredibly difficult time that has defined their existence. They've gone through something rather miraculous. They've seen all of these signs and miracles and what God has done to free them, the deliverance through the Red Sea. And then things have begun tough again. They're failing to see the future. They're failing to be hopeful. They think God has given up why did you bring us out of Egypt? I guess Moses is a little bit frustrated. This is actually, it's, it's because of this lament. And these laments, they, it's not the only time they lament they, that one generation doesn't get to see the promised land. But they're failing to be, um, they're failing to be faithful. They can't see what God is doing and what God has promised to continue to do. Now, whenever you get a bunch of Episcopalians together, there are about 800 of us in Jacksonville, Florida, you get a lot of conversation about trying to fix the world. That's impossible. That's what happens when you gather people together. And it was interesting, we had John Meacham with us, who was kind of reflecting, who's he, a historian, um, and, and, and one of the helpful things that I think he did is, is kind of set where we are today in the context of the history of the United States, saying that this kind of really, we know that democracy is fragile, 
and yet it has felt that way in, in 1968, it felt that way in 1861. This is not something new. This is not something new. Yes, democracy is fragile, and yet there is a part of our faith that yes, we can strive for justice, we can work for goodness, and yet we have to be committed to being together and to, res and to respecting the dignity of every human being, which is everyone, which is the people that we're diametrically opposed to, which is the people that challenge us and confront us. There's a way to hold those things in tension that can be hopeful, and so you get a bunch of Episcopalians together, and we're, we're trying to figure out how to, to, to save the world, um, which is ridiculous, because God already has done that. In many ways, this reading is a reminder that for the history of humankind, we can get in this place where we fail to remember what God is doing, and we grumble, and we struggle. And we're confronted with the challenge of being faithful. Now, in John's gospel, this is a, a, a fascinating reading. We have Jesus who goes to Samaria and he encounters the woman at the well. Now, it might be a helpful reminder that I think we all know the Sumerians are not the people that the Jewish people are getting along with. We always get the narrative, the narrator tells us this, it tells us this in the, in the Good Samaritan, the parable of the Good Samaritan as well. And Jesus encounters a woman and tells her everything she has done. He tells her everything she has done. And it's so powerful that she goes back to her people. They invite Jesus to spend time with, him, with them. Their lives are transformed. And these two opposed communities come together and find life and hope. Now, I noticed something when, when Catherine was reading the gospel. There were some chuckles, which is interesting, and I think it goes to the stereotype we have of this woman. How many of y'all have told about the, the horrible things she's done? She lays her sin out there, and God loves her anyway. Is that the narrative that most of y'all have heard? Why does somebody get married five times? in Jewish customs. <laughs> Their husbands die, they're forced to. They're forced to, it's the legality of the law. And here she is coming out in the middle of the day, the point when the sun is beating down to go draw water from a well. That's the last time in the world you wanna go and draw water. It is shame that is propelling her to go because, I mean, this is a commentary on the culture that exists at that time. And Jesus knows all of this. Which is a reminder 
that most of us are a product of the environment that we are in. Most of us are a product of the culture that has shaped us, that has defined us, that causes us to sit across the aisle from somebody and not see eye to eye. So Jesus looks at her. He knows everything that she has done. Tells her to go and sin no more. I mean, all of us are doing things that we shouldn't do, but it's, but it's this beautiful and hopeful moment. And it's interesting to me because the Old Testament sets up this narrative of a group of people that are failing to see the beautiful future that God has invited them into. And then the New Testament puts a person whose story is misunderstood by the context of that culture and is able to bring multiple communities together and find hope in life. And all of us are sitting in a narrative at this time in our life where in many ways, in many ways it feels like that has, we found community and hope. And I love, I, I love that we get to be in a place where there's probably more opinions for this world than there are people in this room. That is that is really hopeful in this time. And we commit to come together and want to strive for hope and inclusivity and love and do that by bringing diverse opinions together. Like, that's hopeful. And so we hear the story of the woman at the well. And it's a reminder it's a reminder of the work that we get to do. It's not, it's not that Jesus suspends judgment. Maybe that is our role. But he knows that she's a product of the environment and the culture. He knows everything that she has done. And so the the narrative that Christianity has propelled down of this woman is often this sinful woman. But we don't hear any shame in this story. We hear a person that looks at her with love. <laughs> yes, what you've said is true. And she goes and shares the good news in the lives of the Samaritan people are transformed. You and I can do the same thing. Maybe part of the reason this is in Lent is, and, and not every Episcopal church does this, but I think it's important that we set the confession at the beginning because it, it makes us the reminder at the very beginning that we, we're broken human beings in need of, of God's love and, and, and redemption. We're sinners, and then we go, and we hear the good news, and then we leave this place, and we get to be agents that bear that. We get to go and tell people that we can know the whole story and still be in relationship and love with them.
we can strive for justice and peace and inclusivity and yet be committed to the people, whatever that is, whether it's religion or politics or that weird thing that happens on Saturday afternoons in the fall. <laughs> whatever it is that keeps us from being in relationship with the other and see this story as the hope and the promise of a future that is better than today. May we not fall into the trap of the Israelites who couldn't see that God was with them. May we be reminded that Christ is always beckoning us into a future that is more beautiful than the past. Thank you.